0: you ready to take your writing to the next level then welcome to the book editor show join clark chamberlain and peter turley each week as they teach you all the tips tools and techniques you need to move your book from manuscript to market visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes links to guests books and extras to make your old novel better than ever now please welcome clark chamberlain and peter turley Welcome to the Book Editor Show, show number 14. We are continuing our four-part series on editing tips. This is part two, line editing. Uh, If you haven't caught part one on general editing tips, I highly recommend it. Uh, There's a lot of actionable material uh, that can put you right to work. I am Clark Chamberlain. I'm joined uh, today by my stupendous co-host, the man whose voice launched a 1,000 ships, uh, Peter Turley. Peter, how are you doing today? These intros are just getting better and better. Yeah, well, you know, this is what I do at night. I I sit around and I think, how can I introduce you better?
1: (laughs) I was just about to sort of, like, bash you for um, recommending, like, your own show. (laughs) But but now I I feel bad, so
0: I'll take it back. Well, yeah, you know, is it weird that I give myself signed copies of my own book for Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) no. So... um, uh, I'm uh, excited to keep going on are. all of these shows. These uh, uh, <laughs> the editing tips I think are working really well and I uh, hope that uh, our audience has been able to put the last ones to direct use. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was it was a great show, really useful. So, you know, if it if it
1: has been useful for you, like let us know because um, yeah. we'd love to air and you know, if you've
0: been putting it to use. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I know last time we just went just a little bit over, and we again we've got um, seven uh, tips on this one. So I think we know we probably better just dive right into this because I know we're going to chase down something eventually on one of these, <laughs> and go down a whole other show that could have been by itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So. We need to uh, we need to cut out the redundancies in the show.
1: <laughs> we need a verbal editor.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do, we do. So uh, you know, it's funny because uh, I've started getting some of our transcripts back, and and uh, I'm having to edit those as well, just a little bit. But uh, we do in a half hour. We we speak about five thousand words every half hour. So wow. yeah, maybe I maybe I should do that when I'm writing my book, sort of like just use like dictation software. <laughs> but then it'll be sort of, like instructions like um. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about that too. You know, I mean, shoot, I could, uh, you know, five thousand words an hour every every couple, or five thousand words a half hour. That's ten thousand an hour. I, I'm writing a book a day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> did um. So in, in these like trans- transcriptions,
1: do um, <laughs> do um, <laughs> do they have things like um and
0: all that? or was no. it trimmed down to just the, no. They the... uh, they eliminate the the verbal pauses, which is great. Um, oh my god. Yeah, because I, I throw a lot of those in. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'd make me look really stupid. <laughs> um, I uh, but uh, I'm just using uh just some different people on uh, Fiverr.com. Have you ever used Fiverr? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's really great. Use it for you know, like yeah, book covers and simple things like that. It's, it's yeah. really
0: it's uh, great freelancers out there uh, for <laughs> five dollars, five bucks. You know, fifteen minutes or thirty minutes. You know, I can usually find one 15 or thirty minutes of uh, of. Of transcription work for five bucks, so it's uh, it's good, it's good. Although uh, sometimes I've been called Lark, Lark Chamberlain, so, yeah. <laughs> so. I like it. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, what was one of them? John Raw was spelled J-O-N, and then it had a space and R-A-W, like raw. R-A-W. John Raw? I don't. Know. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't want to get caught in the trap of having to like
1: spend more time editing the transcript than you would transcribing it. <laughs>
0: That's well, yes, but you know we're an editing show, and so I, I feel bad about just tossing it on there. Welcome to the book editor show. Our uh, our transcripts are full of that uh, of Eric.
1: Welcome to the book editing show where we do none of the editing.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. We got to jump into this or we're going to run out of time, and it's going to cost me fifteen dollars to get a transcribed, So. <laughs> <laughs> um, today we, of course we are talking about the line edits uh, we've got seven great tips here actionable tips you can put right to work our first one is remove the adverbs of course these are your ly words the ends the words ending in ly um, quickly search these out you can know, just do a search for ly and it's going to start popping every one of these up and um, Why do you want to remove these? Well, it's just because they're weak. There's so much other things you can do to describe these sentences better without using these L-Y words. A lot of times you can remove these just by themselves without having to change anything else in your sentence. Um, You ought to have a goal. You know, you don't have to get rid of every one of them. Sometimes a sentence will not work. You know that you try and try and try to rewrite it in a different way without the L-Y adverb and it just Nothing makes sense, you know, and it becomes a really clumsy sentence, so you sometimes you have to use it. My goal is only to have one of these appearing every thousand words. You know, if I can have that, I feel pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, these are one of the, I
1: was going to say more fun, I don't think I'd refer to editing as fun, but the, the easier <laughs> ones to do because you know find and replace works like a charm because you know the most of them are L Y words, and as you just said you know you don't necessarily have to change anything else you know you might want to make uh, the noun or the verb a bit stronger and mm-hmm. use a better one but sometimes you won't you know you might you will just say you know he he ran somewhere you know you you don't or he sprinted or you know you might already have the the strong word and you've you've put an adverb in there just out of habit mm-hmm. so this is one of the it's it's more fun in a in a real nerdy kind of way because because it is one of the easier
0: ones to do. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, you just control F, you find them, you just get rid of them. It's not a big deal, and it um, just strengthens strengthens up those lines, makes it just a little bit better. Um, that's the easiest one. <laughs> uh, coming up, the tip number two is replace the hollow wor- hollow words. Um, I just mean your weak words. You know, replace those weak words. Talking about the adverbs, those are weak words. There are other weak words out there. I've got a small list. These are ones that I immediately look for, and they include thing, very, uh, trying, started, began, stuff, got, went. Because all of these words mean something very vague. You know, he went across the street. Is It's not as good as, you know, a, a, a guy who's trundled across the street <laughs> you know it, there are a lot of really strong words that you can use instead of these and um, just replace them out you know you make your own list try to figure out which ones you've got and uh, replace them I had really on this list but we've already removed it in the other word with the ly so <laughs> what uh, what other ones are on your list Peter uh, I've got uh, probably
1: um, nice quite so like I <clears> know <throat> we were talking about a little bit about this before, but, you know, it's they're just weak words and, you know, you don't need to, you don't want to say something like, it was quite cold, because it's just a, a weak way of saying it, you know, you want to say, you know, ideally you want it to be freezing, you know, you want to have a real, like, visceral experience, you know, or you don't want to say, like, you know, oh, the he thought she was nice, you know, you, you you want to just be more descriptive and use use stronger words, um, seriously, sort of. Supposedly, um, almost, uh, totally, um, things that are, they're just they're just weak, and you know they don't need to be there. And if you if you spot them, um, you're probably going to be able to just rewrite the sentence. It, it's going to it's going to do so much for your writing when you take these out, and you know, and especially things like almost. You know, you, you could you could be slipping into the passive voice, you know, by saying things like that, and you know, looking, looking these up using the find and replace it's really good, it's going to do wonders for for your individual sentences.
0: Mm-hmm. It really will and just along this, this lines, you know, when you're going through and you're finding these, you're removing them, strengthening everything up and you're going to get better when you go to your next book and you're writing it and you're vomiting all this on the page. Sometimes like I've been able to eliminate began from my writing entirely I, I don't have things where I, I don't do trying and I don't do begin. Those are two words that I've been able to eliminate and I don't have to look for them anymore because I never begin anything in my in my pros. Um you're gonna your word list is gonna get shorter and shorter each time you go through this, these kind of drafts. One of the things you want to remember though is when you're removing these, is that we're talking about again, we're talking about narrative prose here. You can have someone say the word "really" in a dialogue tense <laughs> if they, they speak that way, um, you're going to have to make that decision about how they how their speech sounds, you know, and, and what how formal they are and how weak their sentences are structured. So, but definitely from your narrative prose, the non-dialogue prose, you want to be able to remove these words because it's just going to strengthen everything up. It's going to make it faster and uh, engage more.
1: Yeah, because that's how it finds its way into the text is because, you know, we do say these things, so they they can have quite a justifiable place in your dialogue because we we say them. Um, Well, yeah, like
0: the word really, you know, it's really what I want, you know. (laughs) It's a really nice word. Yeah, it's a really nice word. You really have to see this. Um, <laughs> this is what he really meant. You know, it is some of these types of things. You just say them in your regular day to day, and yeah, it uh, it just makes it more difficult because uh, all that's going to slip because of you as the author. All that's going to slip into your uh, to your verbiage there when you're writing it out in your text. Um, our third tip here is is remove the redundancies. So, uh, for instance. Um, uh, you know, he, went, he He waved his hand. You know, instead of he waved his hand, he, he waved. You know, um, he heard a dog bark. A dog barked. Uh, Is it for sale? Question mark. She asked, changing that to Is it for sale? Question mark. Because we know she asked it because there's a question mark. You know, these are the types of things that sometimes we become redundant in in what we say in our in our. Lines. We think that we need to add it for some reason. But uh, really, it's just we know that there's only one thing that you can, you know, there's only one kind of thing you can do this particular way. So, why are you adding that onto it? Yeah, like you
1: could say the, the wet rain uh, soaked his skin, or, you know, you, you don't need to say the rain is wet because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it usually is 99% of the time. Pretty wet, <laughs> very wet rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of like it's a, it's a, it can be like a stating of the obvious, can't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like the dark night, like as if not the Batman film, but you know, the, the you know, the, the the night was dark, like as opposed to all those bright nights that we have. That we <laughs> yeah, have.
0: yeah, exactly. You know, and most of this stuff, and sometimes, uh, sometimes I think things are really redundant when you get into text description or a dialogue description. You know, that that um, I I come from the school of he said she said, and that's it. You know, I think very rarely do I do anything besides that because the the dialogue itself should describe everything that I wanted to put in there. You know, I don't need to say that he said it, Riley, or that he needed to that he was uh, said it. Um, superstitiously, you know, like these types of things should be there. You know, he asked, well, of course he asked as a question mark. He exclaimed, there was already an exclamation mark at the end of the sentence, you know. These types of things are redundant. Yeah.
1: The trickiest one there for me that I always, like, wrestle with when I'm sort of going through and, you know, changing these, like, dialogue tags is um it's shouted. Um, I, 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 too, try to stick to said... And and sometimes, I just have to leave that one in there just every now and then, just because you know you, you do want to try and get it across in the in the dialogue. But for me, sometimes that one does just add a little something, uh, and I'll choose to leave it there. Um, but yeah, generally, most of the time, you know, we we don't want to you don't want to be saying all different, you know, yelled, shouted, exclaimed, shrieked, cried. You know, it's yeah, it's it becomes. It should be invisible, shouldn't it? Like the the dialogue tag. Really, you wanna you wanna be skimming over it, and this this skim
0: over. The reader will skim over. He said. Yeah. But they won't skim over. He cried. Right, and it, it becomes because that's their fastest point of reading. You know that that comes into a story is that we move really quick in dialogue. Uh, we go back and forth. If especially if there's only two characters, if you can establish quickly. Where the who's speaking first, you almost can eliminate dialogue tags altogether through the rest of it, and only occasionally for reference, just to remind people, you know, if, if there was a pause there, or if the man, you know, if the one character is saying something, and then you have a description of something happening, and then he says something again, you know, to remind you, you know, it's still the same person speaking. So, because it yeah it's something it's these are these are potholes sometimes you know that, that pop people back out of things if you're especially if you're using really weird descriptions or really flowery descriptions on the on vocal t- on dialogue tags so. <laughs> he cried exuberantly yes <laughs> uh, again those are your adverbs so you should have already taken them out but <laughs> sometimes <Yes. laughs> yeah, sometimes they still are there so
1: yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. Even though he said she said it is a really good way of putting it. If you can train yourself to kind of establish who's in the scene and who's speaking, and you know get that sort of all done in the right order and the right way, where you, you only have to say it once, and then you can just have dialogue flow in and interspersed with action. And you know if you can if you can train yourself to write like that, then you know you're going to be trimming on your word count. You're cutting out these redundant words. Um you're going to be a better writer.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, and I know we're going down the dialogue path right now instead of talking <laughs> about the redundancies here, but uh, just one other thought with this, you know, is that uh, it, if you, this is where you tighten up the speech of the individual character who's speaking. I have read a number of manuscripts where every voice sounds the same. You know, you're creating a unique voice by using particular words or how they say particular words, and you know immediately that that's the character. You know, you you find those really good books that you're like, yes, that's who it is that's speaking. Um, there's a uh, in my own, uh, I have a character named Rachel, and she says dude. You know, and you know if the word dude is in the in the sentence there, that's who's speaking because no one else in the entire book ever uses the word dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Samantha Shannon, uh, The Bone. Um, the bone season. She has a character uh, who says, "My lovelies." No one else in the book says, "My lovelies." You you know immediately that that's this particular character because of the term, "My lovelies." So <laughs> sounds like something Gollum would say. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you know, and the like, Schmiegel and Gollum. You know, have a different way of of saying certain things too. You know, but yeah, my precious, <laughs> my lovelies, my precious, whatever the, that is. You know, that's their dialogue tag. You don't have to say. Gollum said, because it was my precious. Is there, you know? So (laughs) my precious. That Gollum said. Gollum. Yeah. Well, we know that. So, so those are redundancies. If you can create those good character dialogues, uh, or not having to use character dialogues because you're creating good character dialogue. Um, Moving on to number four. Tip number four: Use contractions. The reason why you we would do this is to create smoother reading sounds, more natural that way. especially in dialogue but also in your narrative you can easily find these you know by by looking like if you're trying to find I am you know you do your your search your control F uh, find and replace for I am and then you're going to change it to I'm You know. Uh there's a whole bunch of these that are available some of these you're gonna have already removed because you've gotten rid of the two be verbs, but uh, you still have some that I've and you've, we're. So these are ones that you can get rid of uh, or c- contract them together. It just makes it read easier. <laughs> Again, just quickly talking about dialogue, if your character <laughs> does speak in a very formal English, oh, of course okay. you're not going to contract it. but uh, <laughs> But you can use those there. So...
1: Yeah, and that's that's so important to point out because I'm not joking. Especially depending on obviously where you are on your your journey as a, a writer. But I know when I started out, I I wrote formally. I don't I don't know why. Whether it was just because I thought, well, you know, I'm working on a novel, so it's it's gotta sound quite formal, <laughs> and I wouldn't put contractions in. And it was only when sort of like going back and looking, I was like, "God, that sounds stuffy." <laughs> you know, that just sounds awful. And it was like, you know, you, I, I almost didn't think I could use contractions in prose, like a, like a, a while, like a long time ago. But it it just makes it sound so much like smoother and so much more normal. And it's it's like what people are used to reading and used mm-hmm. to seeing. And yeah, you know, you. It's it's horrible. <laughs>
0: yeah, so so listeners, if you feel like Peter once did, you know, that you can't use a contraction, remember this is not technical writing here. <laughs> You're writing fiction, and uh, we give you permission. You can use the contractions. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that to the bank. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right there. Uh, but no, I know what you meant, you know, because I did the same thing, and this is one of the... You'll catch it as oh, soon as you God. start reading this out loud. You're like, oh my goodness, this is just terrible. <laughs> Man, yeah, this guy sounds stupid. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so much less uh, sort of like trying to be something less pretentious. It's less like, you know, it's it's so, the prose is so much more forgiving when there's contractions in it.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it really It is seems so like
1: hard. it's trying to be something else and it's going to be it's going to be judged like accordingly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're you're writing like you know what you should know what you're on about and you don't
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But the, the contractions are really easy to find. You can go online, just type up uh, a contraction uh, word list, and it will pull up an amazing... <laughs> definitely <laughs> don't type contraction. <laughs> just, yeah, you know, how to use contractions. You might find some different websites, you know. <laughs> uh, instead of birthing your novel, you might be making a baby birth out. So, uh, <laughs> so using the contractions is very simple. Uh, just find them, replace them, pick the ones that you want. You'll also, you know, like we said before, uh, some of these you probably have already removed with your to-be's verbs, reduction from the general tips from last time. Uh, Tip number five, remove repetitive sentence starters. What this means is you're going to take a look at your sentence, and you're going to look at the sentences before it and the ones that come after it, and you're going to see how many times you use the same word to start each of those sentences. And uh, if uh, if it's more than three, or if it's three, or more, you know, you need to start removing some of those and changing it up. Or <laughs> five or six. Or, <laughs> or seven. five or six. <laughs> uh, and so my my worst ones are the, the, the pronouns, he and she. Oh my goodness, I can go through a draft, and it's, she picked up the knife and went this way, and she did this, and she did that, and she did this, and everything starts with she, you know, and it's I'm like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I'm like completely guilty of that as well, like just before I was like editing something and I sort of like said the guy's name at the beginning and then it was like every, every sentence it was like he did this, he did that and I was just like oh, that's painful it, but it, especially in the first draft that you know that's just seems to be how I write it and you know it's it's good to try and shake that <laughs> because you know it, it really takes some brain work later on, doesn't it, to try and think of a different way to do it.
0: Yeah, it really does, and um, especially if you're doing a lot of action-oriented stuff. If you have, you know, it's not so bad when you're doing, um, let's talk about a lens here, you know, like if you were filming a, a movie, you know, and you, you do a close-up, and of course that's when you're using things like he and she, you know, you're using the pronoun, and if you were, if you were zoomed clear back, then it would be more descriptive words about the countryside and everything, and you don't have it as much. So, um, or, or thoughts of, of the in-between situations happening. But when yeah, when you're in that moment scene, those are really hard to eliminate. Um, one of the things that I, I found is that uh, kind of skip. So, like, I have a tendency to write, um, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. You know, and that's where I've had the she, she, she. And so I, instead of that middle one, I start that one with after. So, you know, after the, the book was put away, This happened, you know, and and so like there's little things you can do, and you skip over this one and move to that one because you don't have to give a play-by-play of a of a close-up action scene, you know, things happening. You can, you know, if if the person was sitting, and now there are have gone to the kitchen, you don't need to tell how they stood up and how they took one step and two steps and three steps, and she took the next step. There's just things you can skip over there and try to think of it that way. Where can I skip this? And I can do another sentence about the skipping part, and then I can do the next action sentence.
1: Yeah. And this this is a this is a tough one, you know, so don't don't stress out if you you look through your your writing and this is everywhere, because this is something we do in especially in action, because it does keep it quick to be like this happened, this happened, this happened, he did this, he did this, he did that, he said this. Um But it, it it's just worth Looking at it and just thinking about it and seeing if you can do it a little bit differently, but also because you know I go through and I think, okay, so I've said hey a bit too much. Should I use the name again? <laughs> because I can't <laughs> think of another way to start the sentence. Uh-huh. Um, so, so this is going to happen. It's not like you know you have to remove them all, but just take a take a take a look at just it when you're look. doing these
0: line edits. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you could even go back. Uh, remember the uh, the episode we did on the scene sequel. Uh, if you can take take a cue from that, you know that uh, the idea of of a feeling, of a reaction, and an action, you know, and maybe you can add some of that into it in 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 between, you know that you uh, you've got an action, and then the next one starts again with the feeling, you know, and, and not she felt,
1: <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, But then you can just move these forward and you kind of look at a pattern of, you know, first happens is what they feel. The next thing is perhaps Mm -hmm. a reaction and then a chosen action, you know. And by, like, anger poured over them, you know, you you can just
1: go straight into the emotion without saying he felt angry. And that would also be a tell
0: as well, uh to say, like, he felt angry. Um, Yeah. Yeah, like the anger poured over him, He picked up the knife and moved forward. So like you've got a very uh, normal flow with with being inside that character and the actions that are occurring inside the internal uh, thought process quickly to move to the next process and then the final process. And so then you can move some of those around. I mean, it's just one way to look at it. It's just one way if you've got a whole bunch of those, you've got five sentences in a row that start with she. No, you can do some of this and remove a couple of those out of it. Definitely, that scene sequels are, are really, uh, really
1: good one to check out. As you say, that's that's a really great tip for, because I've been stuck on that myself. That is a that is a tough one. Um, and if you've not listened to scene sequel, then bad. You should be listening to these in order, so go back. And <laughs> <laughs> because you definitely don't want to be doing the line edits before the general edit. So if you've not listened to it, go back and listen to last week's episode
0: now. <laughs> That's right. So, um, And all of this is just fantastic stuff to put into your toolbox for your editing time. And uh, and plus, you get to listen to Peter more. I mean, at night, <laughs> I just listen to his voice on the recordings. are going to help <laughs> me sleep. Yeah, you actually um, edit them over, don't you in like so yeah, I do. of a little bit of a
1: to bit of a little bit of a little I of a compliment.
0: <laughs> I'm a to bit
1: that a a compliment, yeah. The a oh. It soothing is
0: soothing. My a little bit of a little dulcet. <laughs> so, um, I... Uh,
1: uh, I'm just gonna cut the first ten seconds of this episode in the way you introduced me, and I'm gonna play it on a loop. Oh. i sleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like positive reinforcement. That is, it is,
1: You know, you gotta have that.
0: So, <laughs> um, uh, number six here on the next one is uh, precise prose. Um, the idea of being able to clearly say what it is that you mean. So, Peter, uh, take this one away. You've uh, you had some really good ideas with this.
1: Yeah, so this is um, it's the complete opposite of like purple prose and flowery prose, and you might have heard Austin it referred to as Orwellian prose, and and it's, thusly I think it was George Orwell, and hence the term being coined. So that refer that said that your writing should be like a window through which the reader can can see the story. Um, so it shouldn't be like purple prose would be like a stained glass window where you you're looking at the window and you know it's really beautiful and it's really nice and you might have all these flowery words and these adverbs but you're going to be drawing too much attention to the actual the text and the writing it should be you want it to be clear and you want it to be precise and concise and you know you can achieve this by doing some of the things we've we've already mentioned but by doing this you know it's just going to be a window through which they can they can see the story and they can access what's going on, and they're not paying attention to how you're constructing your sentence because, you know, we go to all this work as writers and editors to to learn how to construct a, a good sentence, and it is a lot of work. Um, <laughs> but it's amazing that it's it's a lot of work to learn how to write something simply, <laughs> so that the, the finished product is going to be a short, simple sentence that just looks so basic. But is completely necessary to just get the story across because that's what we're doing. We're telling a story.
0: We're not trying to construct a really beautiful sentence. Exactly. You know, if you know you want to do poetry, that's fantastic. Go do poetry. You now here you're telling a story, and that's a that's just a perfect way to put that. I can't put that any better. Um. Uh, so I'm not even gonna try. So just <laughs> just work on it. Um. Uh, go back. Listen to this. You know, you've got the lines. Just make them make them make sense. You know, you don't have to have all that extra into it, and it's just going to pull people in.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've we've covered some of the stuff, but just to sort of reiterate, you know, you can it, it's things like you know removing the semicolons and you know your re- redundant words and run-on sentences and checking for comma splices and you know you and using using your varying sentences as well because you know you don't you want to just have all short sentences, but to just keep it precise, make sure you're using the the right noun and the right verb, and so you're not having to add all this other junk into the sentence. And it's going to be, I think, as, as you said earlier when we were talking about this, you said it, you know, it will, it helps with pacing. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. it really does, you know, and you, you pull that in, uh, and so that the the sentence just flows from the one to the another, and. You're going to find these clunky sentences, and you're going to make them more precise because you're reading it out loud, and you're just going to use these tools that we're giving you here, these tips. And this is what the the final product is. You know that you're going to have these um, sentences that just people don't notice. People don't notice how good they are. You know, you're not drawing <laughs> any attention to it, but it works. You know, we don't want to know what, when you're you're on the highway driving. You know. You notice the problems in the highway. You don't notice how smooth it is. You know when it's working, we yeah. don't notice. When our bodies are healthy, we don't notice that we're healthy. We notice it when it's sick. And so anytime that you're pulling attention, drawing attention to the actual words in the sentence, you know that it's pulling the person out of the story. You want to engage them in the story so they forget that they're reading and they just continually read and then that's the story that really gets shared. Well, I love a good metaphor. <laughs> so,
1: wouldn't sentence be like a like a, a crash on the uh, the highway of your your
0: prose? Yeah, and it, it really can be like every time. Right now, you know, all I'm doing is hitting potholes out on the road when I'm driving for real, and I just think about this. You know, like man, you know, you you just get pulled out of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's oh. it. And it, it is a it
1: is a lot of work just to for it to be ignored. But that's that's the uh, aim of the game. Uh huh. It <laughs>
0: is, and. It's just what you're headed for, and that's what you're going to be able to create, and it's, I think it's pretty awesome. I can't, remember, no.
1: I can't remember who said it, but I, I heard, and I, I bear this in mind sometimes when I'm writing and it, if I'm feeling a bit stuck, and, but I mean, you know, it can, comes into editing, it comes into the precise prose. Um, I can't remember who said it, but it was basically that the job of each individual sentence is simply to get you to the next sentence, and, you know, especially when you're doing these line edits and you are looking at the micro level. You know, just, just consider that, that, you know, it, its job is just to move the reader along and not stop them at that sentence. Yeah.
0: Um, moving us along, we, uh, we're almost out of time again. Uh, number seven is uh, the clichés and metaphors. So clichés, you know, we, we want to be able to remove these as much as possible because in that first... Uh, draft that you're gonna write you're probably going to toss some of these in because it's just you know it's just how we think we use cliches uh, in our speech on a regular basis and uh, using metaphors the wrong way or or just using them uh, to remove it so I had one idea with this and if you can't remove the cliche entirely you know you change it so that it uh, so that people don't recognize it as the cliche and it makes them stop for a moment there was an old song uh, you know the, there's the term head over heels and I I think I should have looked it up in in between, uh, but uh, I think it's a Landis Morissette uh, song. But anyway, and then she changed it instead of saying head over f- heels, she said ho- head over feet. You know, and, and that was that stuck. You know, it it, uh, it it's not the normal cliche. Uh, it sounds different, and that's what you want to do. If you can't remove it, you change it in a way that uh, makes people um, notice that it's not a cliche any longer. Yeah.
1: But. And 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 this this again is something that we we we
0: do easily, isn't it? hmm We do, we're putting it in. And again, the reason why you want to remove this is it's just it's just lazy. You know, it's just lazy writing. It's it's lazy because it's so well known now. Uh, that you have to do it. Now uh, sometimes I point out uh, the cliche nature of certain things in my story, especially thrillers, because thrillers have become such a cliche as a genre in itself. <laughs> and there's sometimes that I will actually point out. The character points out how cliche they are in some instances. So,
1: yeah, that's which, it. I mean, you are going to have sort of like, because I worry sometimes, especially like writing fantasy. You know, like, God, this this has been done so many times before. Uh-huh. But then it's okay to have sort of like tropes of the genre. Yeah. Um, without necessarily sort of like having cliches in the you know in the writing or you know anything that's. Yeah, it's
0: finding that, it's walking that line between a trope and a cliche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot of fun. You know, it's just a decision you're going to have to make and where to use it uh, and to use it well. If you've And you mentioned um, when we were off air talking about you might create your own cliche. You now, if you're using the same line again and again and again throughout the story, it, then in itself it might become a cliche. Yeah, if
1: you're just, if you describe the sun the exact same way each time the, the, you. You know the character notices the sun, maybe likes sunbathing, and often stares at the sun. I don't know, but <laughs> if you're describing that the same way every time, then that's going to get boring really fast, and you know you're going to get well, you're going to get flagged as a
0: as a bad writer, <laughs> Which is, you know. So. Yeah so so those are things you gotta look for so again uh, our seven tips for the line editing tips you know these are all great things to put into your editing toolbox Uh, the first one was remove the adverbs the second one was replace the hollow words that's getting rid of the weak words a remove the redundancies the fourth one is use contractions talking about the word ones Uh, (laughs) the fifth one is remove repetitive sentence starters like pronouns and number six was the precise prose that way they can clearly see what it is that you're saying and number seven is uh, be aware of your cliches and metaphors and remove them as necessary so Peter it's been a good show this was a lot of fun talking about these today yeah it's been uh it's been really great and a perfect follow-on from last week's uh, general edits yeah yeah I think you know if you haven't listened to that one go back listen to it now and uh, this is just some really good actionable material you can put it right to work for you so but uh, Peter thank you so much for being here today uh,
1: Oh, it's, it's been a pleasure. But, uh, you know, if, if it has been useful, you know, we, we do want
0: to hear about it because, you know, that's, we, we want to be useful. Yeah, we do. You know, we want to be giving you the show that you want to listen to. So, um, but thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you are an editor who would like to be a guest host on the show or an author who'd like us to edit your work live on air, uh, please drop us a line, go to the bookeditorshow.com, drop us a line, let us know. Um, for Peter Turley, I am Clark Chamberlain and, uh, keep learning, keep writing and build a better book. Thank you for listening and come back next week for more. Please visit the for show notes, links to guests, books and extras, and for information on how to be a guest on the show.